0: This episode is brought to you by Brothers & Bonds Co. With an expertly curated line of Masonic apparel, gifts, and accessories, we're excited to show you what makes us uniquely Brothers & Bonds. As a listener of this podcast, we're offering you 10% off your first order with us. Just use code TRAVELINGMAN at checkout. That's uppercase, all one word, T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G-M-A-N. Be sure to find us on Instagram or at brothersandbonds.com. Hello, welcome to episode 47 of the Traveling Man podcast here in the 24th District of Ohio. I'm your host, Worship Brother Jim Hall. On today's show, we'll have Worship Brother Ryan Cursano interviewing me on the Season 2 wrap-up. The opinions discussed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Okay, we're here on episode 47 of the Traveling Man Masonic podcast, and we have our special guest, Worshipful brother, Ryan Crisano. He's back. Welcome back on the show. Appreciate you coming here,
1: Worshipful. Thanks for having me, Jim. Glad not to be a, here.
0: Not a problem. And we're going to do something a little different, and we did this... I want to say episode 23, and since it's been 23 episodes, we're going to do it again. We're going to end. We're going to do a season two wrap up. So Ryan's going to hit me with some questions about the season, about masonry. I don't know what he's going to ask. So if I sound slow, you get to see the real Jim and not the prep Jim. So uh, I'm going to hand it over and Ryan, go ahead and let it rip.
1: Okay. Good Take evening, Jim. Pig. Good uh, evening. Thanks for doing this. It's, it's a great pleasure. And uh, I'm excited to do this. Uh, so, so the first question is pretty straightforward. And it, Tell me about yourself. Uh, what bodies do you belong to?
0: Oh, all right. Let me think here. Um, East Palestine Masonic Lodge, number 417. Um, my Blue Lodge. I am a member of Youngstown Chapter 93, Beekner Council, number 20. I, I'm a dues paying York right member. I apologize if I mess this up. And Saint John's number twenty, Commandery. And if it's if that's wrong, I apologize. I'm almost certain I'm right. Uh, I'm a Valley of Youngstown Scottish Rite member and a member of the Alcoran Shrine and Youngstown Shrine Club. For right now, I have a few I've been kicking around grotto and I just I've talked to Dan Alennick who is uh, their guy there. And I just have not been able to make a meeting. He's inviting me up for a steak dinner. And you know, for me to turn down a steak dinner, is something must be going on. <laughs> so that's going on. And then um, Right warsher brother Jason Gorney talked to me about the Allied Masonic degrees. And I really...
1: That I'd sounds heard, really interesting. I had
0: heard about that. I've, I've heard people say, hey, I got an AMD. I got to go to this. I've seen the green the green aprons but that's where my knowledge of it was and when he really started talking about it, i was like that's pretty cool so we'll see we'll see about that once again more dues more cards more nights uh-huh. my wife loves that but that that's where i'm at right now
1: terrific what initially drew you to freemasonry
0: the money yeah me yeah, too power wealth
1: the gold know. bars yeah, yeah.
0: I was contacted by a very high-up Illuminati member. You too? Uh, yeah. And, you know, since then, I drive a 2012 Chevy Traverse. with a, It has a light out, you know, in the front. So I don't know when the wealth comes. Maybe it's year 10 coming up on year 9. So I'm, well, I'm
1: past year 10, and I've not received it, and I drive a 2007 truck. That, so. Well, I'm better
0: looking than you, so it might well, be. Well, that's true. <laughs> no, you know what? It, it always intrigued me, you know, living in a small town – I passed the, the building, you know, every day we go downtown, you see a square and compass. And my grandfather was a Mason. I can remember his gold ring vividly. And I, you know, I didn't, I don't know if there was a fear of asking or, you know, just not, not sure how to approach that conversation. My, my grandfather passed when I was a freshman in high school. So I didn't have a lot of time as I was, maturing to actually have that conversation. You know, by freshman year, I was not mature at all. I was a mess, I am still a mess, but this is mature and that's bad, you know. But, you know, there's always a curiosity there. And I'd kicked it around a little bit. And once he passed, I never really had a venue, never really had a driver to be like, you need to go do this or somebody, you know, I didn't have another uncle that I knew of that was active. I do have an uncle that is now, but so so it was just always on the precipice of It's there, but there wasn't that big push to get there. I never really had a vehicle to get there
1: Okay uh, Since you've been in you're going on a decade now close to it Come, coming up on nine years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you're very active Is it what you expected from when you began?
0: Uh, no, and, and the crazy thing is you know, I had a gentleman here yesterday I was talking to he's talking about joining the lodge and he asked me he's like he's got a buddy that told him about it and he's not from the area his buddy so he pointed us in our direction and I said the crazy thing is you know we say we take good men and make them better and you know obviously if you're getting asked to be here you and I know this and most listeners you're probably a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get the nod if you're not. So when I, when I came in, you know, I thought, as everybody, you know, secret society, a lot of wild things that are, you know, behind closed door. Not Not the Illuminati thing that you hear. <laughs> you know, I did not believe that smoke. But, you know, I thought there was going to be some real – I don't want to take away from it that there aren't a lot of really awesome things that are – that we do in those degrees that aren't special and memorable, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, you know, and, it, and especially right after those degrees, you know, your head's swimming, like, right. you know, people come up, how was it? It was good. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. It's going to take
1: me six months to sort out all the information you just gave me in that degree. So.
0: But, but the cool thing, you know, and, and telling this gentleman yesterday, this was, you know, through the years we talk about the rough Ashler and the perfect Ashler. And you talk about that chipping away and making yourself better. And yeah, you can see it, it's a pretty basic, you know, take the rough stone and make it more finished the best mm-hmm. that you can. But in your life you can't you can't equate that as easily, you know, because right. there's a lot of different facets of you, whether it's in lodge or in work or at home or whatever it may be you're doing. And talking to him and telling him about my journey of starting through the chairs and being shy and you know not confident and before I knew it it was my last night in the east and I just took a little time to reflect on all that journey and I didn't realize it was happening in front of my face and you don't get to see it you know it's that it's like that slow burn you know it's happening and then all of a sudden shit. <laughs> it happened it, it was happening the whole time and you don't realize and that was that's the beauty of it that you know when you jump into it and you really become active that's one of the things that freemasonry can give you that you don't realize
1: well that leads into my next question here many people who are in lodge and active in lodge when you see younger guys join the line yeah freemasonry inevitably changes men and my sure. question to you is how has it changed you as a man, as a Mason, a husband, a dad, a neighbor?
0: I, it got me to buy a tuxedo, <laughs> step one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you always, at least in my head, I, I try to think of myself. Before I was a Mason, you know, I'm a good man. I, you know, I'm, I'm a God-fearing man. I don't attend church regularly, but I believe and I pray and, you know, try to live my best life. And my family's kind of grown as I've been in masonry, so I don't want to say I've been a great family man before because, you know, my kids have came right before and during masonry, so. But the thing that it really, what, what I think about is, let's say I go out and some dudes park too close to me and I just MF them, like, what are you doing? Why are you parking here? You know, all this stuff. If it's just me, it only looks bad on me and and this is i feel like how masonry keeps everybody sort of in check right to an extent is if i go out there now and just rib somebody over whatever it is parking taking too long not turning when they should and if i if the windows are up i may still do that (laughs) because i'm just i'm italian and i get worked up fast you know (laughs) and um but I know that if I do that, I make you look bad. And I make his Palestine look bad. I make Chad Kapinski look bad and Jason Laramie. I have to say them in the podcast. I'm contracted. <laughs> um, Jess <Raines>. <laughs> All, <laughs> But honest to God. And, and, and those are just guys that I always bring up because, you know, very close people on top of local guys. But there are so many guys – that I let down, and then on the fraternity as a whole, now they look at this guy, and it 's like that 's how Freemasons act, and I cannot stomach that on the fraternity because how much the fraternity's given to me right and i i don't I don't want to do that i don 't want it portrayed that way, and with the kids that 's a big thing. My, my youngest, <laughs> Brock, the maniac, has told a couple uh, fibs, we'll say. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to be delicate in how you approach that with the kid because you could go like the gym, you know, full-blown 11 and <laughs> ranting and raving. Well, you know, all that's going to do is scare the scare your kid into if I tell him the wrong thing he's going to blow up and I don't ever want it to be easier for them to lie to me than tell the truth Right. and one of the things that I tell them in that is do you think both, both of them are very excited about joining masonry and one of my things is do you think if you join masonry you could say that they like no I'm like then you can't say it now. I'm like or somebody may not let you in the masonry. It only takes one vote. And then especially Brock cuz he really his eyes get big and <laughs> that, you know those gator <laughs> tears just come out <laughs> but that you know that's kind of how it kind of
1: wrangled me up keeps me straight. Very good. We think that we are an important spoke in the wheel for promoting a civil society. Uh, why is Freemasonry essential to help society you know, be civil?
0: You know, and, and that's a big, that's an important question for the time that we're in right now. I think that it's a an explosion of things to do. Not, not Masonry. Life in general. Life has sped up to the extent that right now I could say, you know what, I would really love a 49er Snuggie and get on my phone and order it right now Mm -hmm. and have it tomorrow. Or, you know what, I want to play whatever game, whatever thing on my phone, on my computer. And on top of that, I can watch any... Sporting event, wrestling event. Event, I can stream it. I can stream past ones. I can stream like 30 years of WWF wrestling. I'm not saying WWE because (laughs) the golden era was when I enjoyed it, you know. And on top of it, events. Everything's speeding up, you know. When. I was growing up in the late eighties and the nineties and you were growing up in the thirties or forties. You know <laughs> No, you know, early eighties we'll say. <laughs> but think about that time. What what did you do? You rode your bikes. You you maybe would call somebody or stop at the house that had all the bikes at it. Yeah, I would that, ride my bike
1: to yeah, the house, track knock on somebody the door.
0: down. And now, you know, there's So many more things that can really let your mind race, and on top of it, the access to information. I didn't have Google, I had you know, Encyclopedia Britannica, yes, and you know. This, and those got dated pretty fast, you know what I mean? So that was my source code for any knowledge from Negley, Ohio, where I grew up. There was no mecca of information down there. It's just the corral. And the, <laughs> and the, you know. Um, but the amount of knowledge and things you can get into and the news sources that get in there as well and just push and push and push why masonry is essential is when you come through these doors right now all of that stops and I call it my fortress of solitude it's where I go and all the crap in the world the politics the sports stuff with my kids the hey we're doing something and we're thinking about putting a yard in putting a yard in in the side yard or whatever it is stops and I come in and I get to be with like-minded men that have the same ideas and purposes. And do we all think completely alike? No, we all are different people. But I know that no matter where I am on the spectrum of life, whether it's dirt poor, millionaire, I'm on a level. And I, and I know that when we went through York right, um, we had the, the doctor, I can't think of his name, he gave the charge and afterwards, I think it might have been your dad's. Like, you know how special it was that he came over and gave you charge. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's really cool. You know, he and it, you know, charged 20 minutes of. And the dude was good, and emphatic, and he's like, no, he's actually on his lunch. He's the doctor.
1: Yeah, I think over. he was in a surgery or something, wasn't he? And he yeah. left, and then yeah, he came over finished. after,
0: yeah. and then and and that was where it really hit me that wow, you know, he just took that time to come do that for us when somebody else could have done it if they needed to. Sure. You know, that, that's the thing that I really love about masonry is it blocks all that out and kind of gives you a chance to recharge yourself.
1: Historically, we're biased, of course, um, but there have been characters throughout the timeline of history that have been famous Freemasons. Sure. Uh, do you think that we've changed the world in some way?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. You know, there's. I mean, you can look at the, the men that signed the Declaration of Independence. There's, you know, seventeen, Masons that were, um, president, and you know there were a couple other ones that would have been on the, on the docket if things hadn't happened. I wouldn't need to get into that, you know. Um, and on top of it, worldly, you know, there are a lot of different people that were big players and, and I think a lot of that, and I', I you know I'll just go back to the revolution is they saw a problem. like this isn't right, this isn't what should be happening, this isn't what we're here for and we need to do what is right and you know it's when you look at that all of the, all of the things that they established, And how they were looking out for the future to try to keep that sanctity and keep that dream alive, that American dream. Right. You know, I I think that that Masonic touch holds true through that all.
1: I I like how you just said that, the Masonic touch, because I I like to think that. Everybody thinks that the American Revolution was sparked by Freemasonry, and I don't believe it was. I I think it was influenced by Freemasonry, by good men banding together and joining together and uh, deciding to do something. Absolutely. Um, But I think you can find that throughout history around the world, and I think that's terrific, that throughout history, Freemasonry has influenced or set a standard for individuals to affect the world in a good way. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, are we still effective at changing the world, Jim? You know,
0: yes. Do we cause revolutions? No. <laughs> I, I don't want to say, I I don't want to say that, but I think it's changed. You know, because the time has changed, and you know, at that point, it was, you know, there was no media outlet per se. you know, as we experience today. So it was just guys that band together and say, wait a minute, you know, let's get, let's get together and let's do something about it. And, you know, over time there's certain periods where I think maybe we scaled back and some of that, you know, was of our own doing, you know, we want to look inward and not outward. And I think at some point, that kind of pigeonholed us a little bit into what we're experiencing now trying to push ourselves back out into our social media and right all of those different things that a lot of different jurisdictions are doing i think that you don't see the big changes because there's so many other red light things going off that this is happening that is happening but you know, it's the kind of thing when, when we went to, or when I went to the, you know, went to the store, and this has been three or four years ago. Uh, ben Barnes, who just got elected, just got installed last night as senior deacon of our lodge. You know, his mom said, "I, I'm so proud of him, and so glad that you and Ryan didn't stop asking him to join because what a what a man it has changed him into being. Not that she didn't love him any more or less because of that but you and I both know and I've said it on the show multiple times that Benny it was hard to pry word out of Ben (laughs) unless you were in a truck privately with him then he would talk yeah and now he is just blown up he's changed
1: tremendously yeah
0: good and you know at our at the one day class the last one he did the charge in front of 150 people and didn't miss a beat and you know, didn't speed through it like a maniac. You know, he just very well composed. And so I think that that's where you see the changes in the helping is is on a small one to one scale. For the most part, you see big ticket items. Sometimes you know, we we did the disc golf with the uh, East Palestine Community Foundation. Lodges are doing that. Grand lodges are sponsoring. We. Grand Lodge of Ohio gave fifty thousand dollars this year in donations to the Children's Hunger Alliance. We are helping, but I think that because of the amount of media that goes on, sometimes that can get pushed down the ladder a little bit. Sure. So you see that more on a small scale of, you know, parents or friends or whoever, or, you know, people that didn't realize there were were masons and all of a sudden, wow, What look at what he's doing. Look, I can't believe this. So that's where you see a lot of the change, I think.
1: I think us setting a standard and maintaining a status of being a gentleman is very important in this day and age where technology is exploding. And it, technology is at its infancy, although we think it's amazing right now. Oh, sure. Um, people can do and say whatever they want on the internet. And I think one of the most important things we could do when we're online is maintain that status of being a gentleman and, and set a sure. standard, and not get drug into those fights and silliness on it, the internet.
0: And, you know, there's so many that's very easy. I know, I know myself. I've had paragraphs
1: <laughs> written,
0: and it's like, delete. Do we should I go down this road? Yes. And and that's the same thing as when I that guy cuts me off or whoever. I need to look. Inward a little bit and say, wait a minute, is this where I need to be as a person, as a Mason? And for the most part,
1: that helps guide me. I've said it before, and I have probably one of the most scarred tongues from biting it so often (laughs) (laughs) because there's so many times you can really just fight back and have the opportunity to destroy somebody. And I've learned, and you've learned, and many of us to just. Take and, it with a grain of salt.
0: Well, and you know what? The thing that really, you know, I think especially you and I's place, and, and a lot of guys, especially, you know, Masons in general, I'm very passionate yes. about what I'm passionate about, whatever that may be. And when I see somebody bashing that, you know, that upsets me because it's, you know, it's my thing. And,
1: well, it's a part of your identity. It's and, who you are.
0: And, you know, I really want to let loose and the you know i think about masonry but i also think right now if i if i just tore into you on why the browns are better than the steelers just gave you every, every possible reason why you shouldn't be a steelers fan if you were a steelers fan would that change your mind
1: hmm.
0: no doesn't matter and and that's that's why you get into that keyboard warrior thing and it's like what are you getting into except Messing up your own mind and getting yourself off of center where you need to be going as a person as a family man as an adult
1: So kind of a hot topic here for many lodges in Ohio and In in the United States and around the world our numbers are clearly declining sure absolutely So what do you think is more important? Should we focus on getting our numbers up or should we focus on? putting all of our energy into investing into our members Ooh. and their education and producing better men well, to put you know out what? into society.
0: You know what? That is a very double-edged sword, you sure. know, because there's 50% of the people who are like, you better say it's about the experience. <laughs> and the other 50 percent's is like numbers, numbers, numbers. Right. And, and I can see it from both ends because I'm a marketer. I right. want all the numbers. I want everybody. And that. That's part marketing, but it's part love of Freemasonry. But the flip on that is, I'm here in Freemasonry because when I joined, not knowing what I needed out of Freemasonry, East Palestine Lodge gave that to me. And, and I'm admittedly not the biggest um, educational Freemason. I enjoy it. But I'm not a researcher that goes deep in depth into that stuff. I'm a. I love the fellowship of it. I love the. I love how the connections happen, and the love of Freemasonry is spread. I got a. I got a package yesterday from Chad Kapinski. He took a tra- He took a trip to uh, Wisconsin to see family, and he hit. He hit a lodge in, or. Scottish Rite in Indiana, I believe. If I'm messing this up, Chad, my bad, That's, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to recall it. And then he went to Oregon Lodge, which I've sat in on in Wisconsin on Zooms. And they sent me back a hat and there was a a Wisconsin Grand Masters pin and then a book that Chad had sent back to me. And I I messaged him today and I'm like, you know, If I wouldn't have knocked on that door, I would have never met him, would have never had that experience in Wisconsin with guys I've never seen physically. And, you know, that's just, it's just amazing. That's so, so the key is what is that guy looking for? And that's the tricky part. That's the million-dollar question, because if we could answer that, well, shit. <laughs> we we'll just get everybody, because, all right, we're going to give them more education or more. So I think that you need to have a balance of both. You have to be looking for the guys, because everybody knows that attitude. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. If you're staying the same, you're moving backward, because everything else is moving forward. You need to continue to replenish your numbers. But... It isn't just, hey, we got 30 Masons. We're doing great. How many of those 30 Masons came back? Right. And that's and we have that issue here. We're, Palestine is a very strong lodge. We still have guys that go through and then don't come back. They pay their dues. And that breaks my heart because maybe they're not getting out of it. Maybe they did. Maybe that's what they wanted. They want to be a Mason. Their grandpa was a Mason, whatever that is. But whatever that motivator was, they didn't get it.
1: And for us, we went through and we thoroughly enjoyed going through the line. Sure. And when you see somebody not come back, you think, man, you missed a real treasure. And, and it's it, disappointing to see somebody miss out on that.
0: And, and you know, it's the thing, you know, we try to prod some of those guys. You know, hey, we're having a meeting. We're doing, you know, whatever. Life gets in the way. And I understand that. And I'm, I'm talking to you, Chris Hayes. <laughs> 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 no. Well, and you know what? Not not to po- point Chris out. I know Chris is busy and kids and everything mm-hmm. like that. But sometimes that happens. Sure. Perfectly fine. But, you know, sometimes you try to bring them back and whatever it is just isn't the stick. And maybe, maybe that's because our education mm-hmm. and what he's looking for educationally isn't the same. You know, what we get from adam hickman and and now coming in andrew graham maybe that's not his maybe he wants that real deep dive into the meaning of the square and you know that's if you look at arts and sciences lodge that's their thing man it's small numbers and big ticket things like that right you know they and they're intentional they're very intentional in like, if you and I showed up there two times and said, this is cool, and I I know a lot of those guys, they wouldn't just say, here's a petition. You have to come to at least, like, six different things over multiple months so that you can really get to know them and see if it's right for you. I love that because there's some guys where that that would intrigue them even more. Sure. Some guys maybe you miss because – I I want. I'm telling you, I want to join. <laughs> you know, so it, it like I said, it's a very fifty fifty on that. But I think you to have to have a good full lodge, not a directed lodge. You need to do a little bit of both. Very good political answer, <laughs> but truth that that that, that is that's truth, how I believe.
1: Yeah. In our in our own lodge, some guys disagree with the one day class. Um, sure. But right now, we have a Worshipful Master that was just installed that was somebody that graduated from the one-day class. And he is learning all the degrees. He's doing very well. Do you uh, know, we only have one guy in line that's not a one-day class? Really? That's interesting. They told
0: me that last night. And actually, that was a worry. He's like, I'm not sure if, if we can handle everything at Worshipful Brother Barnhouse. Bar- Jack, I hope you okay with me putting it out there, because I am. And he said, you know, that's... He's like, I know how much more work I had to do to start, because you didn't have that learn the code and memorization and stuff. And I said, Jack, why are you worrying? I'm like, look at you. Here you are. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you think that anyone in this line is going to do less? They won't. They'll all rise to the challenge. I guarantee it. And... I'm 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 with you I understand the the one day skepticism because I was one at the beginning why like, are, are you kidding me I went through the easy way you know I was <laughs> the same way because because you made me learn every word I did and yes. you would it wasn't even like if I paused on something for too long then I was like all right we're not ready to come <laughs> back yet Like we gotta we gotta really nail this so there's a and that's a little bit of pride thing like hey you know what I did this and But after a while, you see the amount of guys that can still go through that way. The Jack Barnhouses, Adam Hickman, you know, those guys went through and they are no less a Mason than you and I. Absolutely. And and that's the, it's what you do, the same thing with those new members. What do you do with them when they come back? Do you say, thanks for giving us $150 or whatever you charge to join? And if you figure it out, figure it out. Or do you? get them active, get them doing something, embrace them being in your lodge, and welcome them to continue coming back, well, then you're going to have an active Mason the same if he went through the regular way.
1: Well, I think one of the best examples with Worshipful Brother Jack Barnhouse is that he will tell you that he's a one-day class guy. Sure. But after he came back and watched a couple degrees, he was inspired yeah, and through his inspiration, he decided to join line and learn the degrees, which sure. is great. So it's it's on the lodge also to inspire your members to do that work. And
0: and I think that that's not to jump into a little different, but that's on the lodge to provide good work. Sure. And that you know what, and <laughs> this is the district officer and me coming out a little bit. And I'm not even to that point yet. I'm just education officer, but because of the where we hold our our own lodge, you know, I'm upset at our lodge if we're not nailing it. Like it's on, it, it bugs me because I know how I was when I was in line and that's the thing, that Jack Barnhouse, if we come in him and, if, if he comes back and he sees just an absolute shit show of a degree, does Jack continue or is he like, okay. What the the (laughs) hell was that? That was a mess. You know, so it's it's important to do that and to do your best at that because you don't realize what hooks the guy. And I'm not saying that like we want to hook them, but there has to be something to keep them coming back, whether it's that a fellowship, whatever the case may be. So do your best at that all the time.
1: Yes. And be a friend.
0: Yeah. Yes. Be a friend. Don't be afraid to let them come sit with the group. You know, don't have them sit over there. Oh, that's a new guy. We'll, uh, he's not a Mason. Yeah, we're not talking to him. You know, no, go bring him over. You Yes, know? absolutely. Don't, don't make me sit over there and talk with him because he's going to be like, Jesus, the guy never shuts <laughs> up. You guys can tell, you know.
1: So this next topic, we kind of touched on already, but I think it's important that we talk about it a little bit. Okay. And uh, it's the necessity of Freemasonry superseding politics, especially online. And... This day and age, I'm on Facebook. There's several other platforms. Anybody has a voice now. Everybody has a voice. And I have my own political ideology. Absolutely. And many of my brothers may be different. Sure. And the one thing I've noticed online is I can't stop being myself. And I would not expect my brother, who's different than me, to not be himself online. Yeah, sure. The difference online now is people attack and if there's a narrative whether it's on the left or the right in today's society it's fully acceptable if you don't go along with the narrative that you get censored you get ostracized you get canceled and that's just plain silly sure the the thing i noticed about my brethren that i love online especially the ones that i'm totally different from i like to debate and that is a healthy exercise and when i debate my brethren online There is still a standard between us. And we talk to each other with respect even when we completely disagree. And I think that is so important that we communicate that to our brethren, that we need to hold that standard.
0: You know, that is, we're in Lodge and we're not supposed to talk politics. But the wild thing with that is when you look at the greater picture politics, It is no longer, for the most part, a bipartisan, you know, I am Democrat, I am Republican, but I'm working for the best of America. And I I think at some point, some place, that is still the thought. But there is a line in the sand, and if I'm on this red side, then when you say something, I'm disagreeing with it because it's not on my side of the table. Correct. If I'm on the blue side, I'm disagreeing because the red side said. And that, that is a problem. That is that's not why, that's not how things are supposed to work. You know, you're always gonna have people that are more conservative and more liberal. We have them in lodge. Sure. And when we get into lodge, there's that standard that I'm I'm allowed to debate with you on our thoughts on membership our thoughts on the government, on what's going on. We don't do it in Open Lodge, obviously. But the big big standard shift is there's not that FU moment. Right. Where things get heated enough that I just start shitting on you. (laughs) You know, the debate ends and the hate starts. Right. And that's where Freemasons can educationally and knowledgeably – talk back and forth and say I like this I don't like that I would wish it was this way but we need to work towards that through this and you may be on the complete other side and at the end when we're done with that conversation we're still friends we're still brothers nothing's changed because nobody thinks the same right and and I think that that's where that kind of holds us above I agree that common ground
1: And I think it's healthy because when somebody from the opposite side starts a conversation or debate, there's an opportunity for me to learn something that I may not know. Absolutely. And uh, I hope that... easy to have blinders on. If I communicate it properly, maybe they may learn something from my side and my point of view. Um, Not
0: not that you're changing their point of view, but... Oh, I can see how you would look at it that that's way. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes.
1: I can see where you're coming from. Sure. I understand your position. in um, the the name calling and stuff like that, that's where it ends. You know, that's Yeah,
0: and, and that's the breakdown of civility. You know, right. it, it's just now, now it's a pissing match and nobody yeah. wins a pissing match. You Typically
1: just, when somebody starts a name calling, they're probably losing the debate. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, and, and that's it. And then it, it, it'll only spiral. Yes, that's what never no, gets, gets yep. better at that point. Yeah.
1: Well, in, in today's current culture, how do we attract younger members who, you know, back in the day, you would see guys out at the job, you would sure. talk to them in person. You walk down the street now, most young men and women are staring straight at their phone. So, how do we connect with those young guys now? You know, there are a few different ways.
0: And I know just from the behind the scenes at just the Grand Lodge of Ohio, this is not a Grand Lodge of Ohio podcast, and I'm not saying that what we're doing is correct, but I just get to see a little bit of that is there's a consistent push and effort to put ourselves out there. That's I think that's the biggest thing through the mid-90s or I don't know when the real big shift started of I'm not even going to tell you about masonry until you ask what masonry is about to me that's crazy Mm -hmm. I'm telling everybody look at this (laughs) ring look at this sign look at this podcast Mm -hmm. I want everybody to know and you know it's like a shotgun if if I spread enough out I'm going to hit somebody (laughs) (laughs) but that's where and I said we kind of pigeonhole ourselves is you had that working relationship where we didn't have the internet yet. That wasn't a big vehicle, or even TV for for a while. You know, kind of came up, and that was the social aspect too. You know, it. I can sit at home on my phone and watch TikTok all night and enjoy myself. <laughs> don't have to get dressed up. Don't have to, you know, put anything but my underwear on or right. that if I want. You know, <laughs>
1: sorry for the vision. Please, please put your <laughs> yeah.
0: So I stick to the leather. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know there was that community aspect that you know we've talked about when we were at our old lodge you know they said we had the pool tables and the fellowship hall and at lunch the pharmacy owner and the i can't think the doctor whoever would come upstairs and take their lunch in the lodge fellowship and shoot pool and bullshit for an hour. Right. Everything shut down and then they went back to their jobs. Well now that doesn't happen because of phones, because, and I don't want to say phones are the devil or anything like that. There's a lot of great things that, you know, you can do and COVID, you know, we're not allowed to come out. We can have all t- sorts of virtual with everyone all over the place. You know, it's a real blessing in disguise to an extent. But now kids walk through with their hand, hands, looking at their hands, and you don't see the square and compass right. sign as much. So we need to put ourselves in places to be seen. And that's where we start with that moving on social avenues. How do we? promote ourselves so that they're looking at it and seeing it and the and another thing with that is the younger crowd it's what younger crowd and um i was talking with brother fluff from texas he was on earlier and that kind of divine intervention of when freemasonry finds you you know freemasonry found me at 21 Everybody here would be ecstatic. Oh my God, we got a 21 year old. This is solid gold, you know. But my life wasn't ready for Freemasonry in the extent of what I, the capacity I do now. So if I found Freemasonry when I was 21, 22, 23, maybe I'm just a dues payer now. I, maybe I'm a 18 year member. That doesn't make sense with the math. <laughs> Jeez. Not a math guy, (laughs) but you know, maybe I'm a 12, 14 year member of what it is, but I never come, right? Because at that time in my life, I was still trying to figure out college and you know, figure out getting married and building
1: a house and starting a family. So, Freemasonry would not have been a priority at that point. Yeah,
0: it it would have been a almost a hindrance of, you know, I'm trying to get all this other stuff done and not. I hate talking about it like that, but if I looked at my past life where I was, you know, it found me at the right time, was, you know. So that young age, maybe that's not 19. Maybe that's 25, 27, you know, aiming at guys that are through their college years of beer pong, taking a door off and playing, <laughs> you know, partying all night and, you know, whatever that is. You still and- don't do that? <laughs> I don't. The, she gets really mad when I take the door <laughs> off. I usually just drink in a basement by myself and <laughs> just cry myself to sleep. Now, you know it's it's where you're at in life. So if you if you have somebody that's kind of starting a career and they have a wife or a long term girlfriend, they're kind of setting their ways a little more now. And I think that th- those are the people that we need to we need to be open to all. But we need to be cognitive of where people are in their lives to make sure that we're conducive to them, too.
1: So I enjoy history, and I know you do, too. Um, In the past, and I'm speaking as an American, and I know that we broadcast around the world. Sure. But specifically for us here in the United States, I like reading old communications from the Alamo, the Revolution. Yeah. And it amazes me the bond that those men had with each other, and especially the Masonic brethren, because there's a distinct difference between when you read something between Freemason brothers and just other guys in the military or whatever was going on at the time. Right. And uh, do you think that... What we're doing now is going to have that same influence on people throughout the future. Yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. I I think that,
0: and and this is just from feedback I get from this podcast, which it blows my mind that people listen. Number one, you know, because I, I never think of that as wow, somebody should be tuning into my voice. I just do it because I love talking about masonry. I love going back and forth in different journeys and different aspects of it. And there have been so many people that have commented or whatnot. I just talked to a to a guy maybe three days ago on a um, Facebook messenger and said, you know, I was thinking about masonry. I didn't know who to talk to. And I was kind of nervous about it wasn't sure what to do and he's like I found your podcast and I started listening to it and your enthusiasm and excitement and the and the guests excitement and their journeys have really shown me that this is the right thing for me and I'm petitioning a lodge and I I message him right back because I'm excited had like no, to He's like yes <laughs> you found <Mason> Ray. <laughs> unite <laughs> you know I'm super pumped about that so I message him right back and I'm like Anytime somebody messages, the first thing I like to say is I, I appreciate you listening. Because anybody that tunes in, in here, it, it, I can't tell you how much that means to me. For all the time I spent editing and marketing and all this stuff. And let's be honest, I'm not making buku money on this. I'm just doing it to enjoy it. And
1: Well, you have a passion for it.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what the... Uh, he could hear that enthusiasm just in a simple podcast coming through. And and I think that that's the same thing that you're reading in those letters is
1: you can feel that bond, the way they speak to each other. Yes. They're genuine and they meant what they say. Sure. And uh, that's something that is very important is, is being a man and a Freemason especially. Yeah. But you and I both know there's doers and sayers in this world. And Absolutely. those old communications, they meant what they said. I mean, in the Alamo, yeah. they were saying, we'll hold off as long as we can. We'll defend it for as long as we can. Sure. No matter what the cost is. And they all died, you know. Yeah. And uh, it the cost really them their worried. lives. But they said they were going to do it, and they did it. Yeah. And that is so amazing um, because in today's world, not everybody acts that way. And and I'd like to say I would do that in that, in that situation, but none of us know until we're in that situation. But,
0: well, you know, and, and to boil it back from all out defending East Palestine till we, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but on an exact same level, I don't, I don't want to say level, but the same sort of vein is, you know, we had uh, right worths brother, Randy Seiple, who was senior grand warden, excuse me, senior grand deacon at the time for the Grand Lodge of Indiana. I met him at our communication uh, last year. And he said, Yeah, you know, let me know. We started talking because he's in the same position I am at their Grand Lodge. He's like, I do this really, really nice program. He's like, I'd love to come do it. And I, you know, believe that the intent is there. Sure. But when I was about to tell him that we live a stone's throw away from Pennsylvania, (laughs) you know, that's a long drive. That's not in Dayton. And he's like, Well, yeah, let me know and I'll I'll set it up. And you know, him and uh worship brother Kelly Washington drove six hours wow. to give to give a twenty minute, thirty minute presentation. And it was a great presentation. It absolutely was, but he was genuine. He said that he was gonna do that. And there have been more times than not that I've said, Hey, I'm going for a podcast or for wherever, and Bree's like, Where are you going? And I'm like, Cleveland. Or, you know, we went down the surprise just when his son got an entered apprentice and that's three and a half hours away Mm -hmm. over hills and valleys and gullies (laughs) and and she said she's like why why are you doing this and my response was because they do it for me because i know i know that they absolutely would and and that's the that's the beauty of it you
1: know As I've grown older and uh, I've had children, my my wife and I have a two-year-old girl at this point, and we're expecting another girl here at the end of December. Yeah, amazing. Um, Thank you. As I'm getting older, I'm noticing that when I was a young guy, things that were important to me were, you know, my name carrying on or my legacy, and uh, like probably any guy. Yeah. And since we have our daughter and a second one on the way, maybe it's just some of the gray hair settling into my personality yeah. communicating who I am as a man to my daughter and other generations is way more important now than my name carrying on. Sure. I, my successes, my failures, everything, anything I can do to communicate something good to help somebody in the future is way more important. Yeah. Do you see yourself Yes, becoming that way?
0: You know, we, um, and, and I'm going to back up a little bit too. when I was in high school. And our big push was to win the Tri-County League, our football championship. And we had a great team. We went 8-2. and two, And we lost to Crestview. And <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. You're a Crestview alum. You weren't <laughs> on the team. If you were on the team, we probably would have won. But <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? At that time, it absolutely crushed me. Because it was, you know, such a build-up, and this is what we're doing, and we did. It wasn't like we were, had false hope; like we had a really good shot at it, and we we lost that game 24-22. It wasn't like we got destroyed, and it was a back-and-forth game. I'm glad, of course, brother Bear isn't here because we'd start <laughs> jawing at each other, you know. But um, at that time, I was just absolutely crushed. It my name wouldn't be on that trophy from all those other 15 or 17 trophies that I've looked at for so many years of those teams. And the the flip on this, and normally people would you know, talk about their children and stuff, which I, I talk about them all the time on here, but I was asked to coach again. I, I coached 10 years ago, 12 years ago, in that time where... I didn't have the time to coach, wasn't in the right place to coach, but I still was around football, so you know I did it. and I, it's not that I didn't do that well, but I was just coaching the football. And they asked me to come back this year for, to coach the varsity offensive line again. And And maybe this is the masonry and what it's given me and what I try to give back there was still coaching going on because that's what the coaches do i have to teach them how to block how to not suck <laughs> you know you know you know tried to do things how to not get hurt but there i noticed myself teaching life lessons in that and one one kid was <laughs> doing the gritty if you have ever seen my kids they will literally transverse through the house doing the gritty. They don't walk. They <laughs> gritty through the house. I had I actually videoed it for my brother. He's like, what the hell is a gritty? Yeah, I'm, what is a gritty? Because I don't I'm, know. I, I'm not showing you. I'll pull it up so you can see it. <laughs> I'll hurt my knee doing it. But this is how they – they don't even walk through my house. They gritty through the house. Anybody – if you know the gritty, you understand. Well, this – we run a play. The kid, I, you know, it wasn't anything memorable. It's just a practice play. And he comes back and he's gritty. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm gritty. <laughs> and, you know, they do, usually you see it when people celebrate. Okay, that's the right. touchdown dance or whatever. And I'm like, but why? He's like, because I want to. I'm like, wouldn't it make more sense to do that when we've just accomplished something? When it's worthy of the gritty (laughs) you know there there were things like that in times when the guys wanted to quit and I'm like do you think right now if you quit you're that much better than all the other teams that are practicing right now because if you think that way and you are then go ahead and do it we'll find out Friday one way or the other it'll tell the tale And, and even you know we had a rough season, uh, which was expected. You know, we're rebuilding, new coaching staff. You know, trying to change the culture, which is not a one-year thing. It yeah, takes it's a time. challenge. Yeah. And you know, some of these kids were just beat down, and you you change from a coach to a mentor, and you know, you really have to give them what they need to continue fighting on. And at the end of that, after this season, it was weird how that lingering upset about not being on that trophy, and that's kind of that aha moment again of like, well, that really didn't mean anything at all. I I took more out of this season and trying to give back to them than anything, any accolade that I would have had in high school, you know, so welling up over it cuz I'm a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's a
1: good thing, Jim. Yeah. Giving back to the youth is extremely important. And you know, once you get to our age, you your start age. remembering. Your age.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm a few <laughs> years behind. Go
1: ahead. <laughs> you start remembering all the the men and women that helped you throughout your life and you didn't notice yeah. it until you're put in that position right to where you can help people.
0: Well, you you know you when you're young, You don't want to hear anybody's advice. I know everything.
1: i sure you're immortal. You know everything. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, you sit back and think, damn, my dad was right. I was going to need my back when I was older because that (laughs) shit hurts. (laughs) It hurts every day. Uh, You know, I move too much furniture. You know. I do know. (laughs) You know, some of that stuff, you know, you get to look back on it and it's like, yeah, they were right on the mark. I wish I opened my eyes then. Yeah. No no youth does. They never no. do. It's not till you get to that stage in your life where you can look back on some of that with the hindsight and be like,
1: yeah. Good leaders of the youth are noth- nothing more than bumper bowling. Yeah. yeah. You're there to just be their guards when they fall down, slap them back up and say, "Sure, this, this is what you did wrong. Right. Don't do it again. Right. Uh, so we're going to touch on a little bit of uh, maybe some esoteric stuff here. Okay. Uh, Because I I think the public may have a skewed view of how we view life and death, because some of our symbols, and they don't understand what they mean. Sure. Uh, You know, some people see the skull and crossbone as one of our symbols, and it it has a profound meaning inside of Freemasonry. Right. And uh, growing up in the country, both of us, uh, you grew up riding horses. I rode bulls. So we we both grew up listening to Chris Ledoux, a very— famous country singer and pro-radio cowboy. And he has a song called The Ride, which is a terrific explanation of life and death and how to deal with it as a man. Yeah. And uh, my question to you is, how has Freemasonry changed your view of living life to the fullest and accepting your mortal death?
0: You know, I wish you'd told me before this because I would have re-listened to it again. (laughs) And and you know what? That song actually reminds me of my dad every time, so... I'm going to get welled up right now. You know, when I was younger, the thought of death is a very scary thing. It still is scary because Mm -hmm. the unknown and, you know, I obviously don't want to die. I have a lot of things I still need to do. But when you're younger, it's a fear. Like, oh my God, you know, it's the end, you know, and you, you you hear of horrible accidents that happen and whatnot. And, People's lives snuffed out before their time. And it's a very scary thing. And it's hard to equate that at that age. Same with all the other stuff, looking back and seeing, you know, what you've been through. But going through Freemasonry and talking and the symbolism and things like that, I know that it's just another part of life. Yes. You know what I mean? It, it's part of the deal. It, You know, and there'll be greater things to come. And, and that's... You got me. Um, there are certain parts of that journey I'm really looking forward to. So that's probably my the most you're going to get out of me without me completely train wrecking (laughs) and am. Do I want to pass away? No. But when it's time, I'll be ready and looking forward to meeting everybody on the other side.
1: Very good. Jim, what, what is your ultimate goal in Freemasonry? If you could just look into the future and say, that is what I want to accomplish or I would really like to change this or help, these people, or this person in the world? What's your ultimate goal?
0: Hi, this is Jim Hall, host of the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast. I'd like to personally invite you to check out Brothers and Bonds Co., our sponsor and houser of our merchandise line. Go over and check out all the cool things they have for the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast. Thank you, and back to the show. You know, my ultimate goal, and, and you and I spoke about the years that I was kind of waiting through not finding masonry had an interest in it but i feel like if i would have got even though i said if i got joined early maybe i would i would have still been here cuz i know me but some some people that's a legit could be a problem but for that decade that i searched for freemasonry searched for something to anchor to you know that is One of the things that I want to do, that's why I do the podcast. That's why I do as much social media stuff as I do. It's not because I want Jim Hall to get 30,000 listens or to get his own lapel pin or something. That's just cool little things. It doesn't mean anything, though. The guy that messaged me two days ago that said, I'm comfortable with joining Lodge. The gentleman yesterday that texted me, I was supposed to meet up with him today to pick up his petition because he wants to join. If I can be that avenue to spread the light of Freemasonry and open their path to let them knock on that door, that's what I want to do.
1: Well, you're doing a terrific job, and I appreciate it. And I know that thank you. a lot of people in Freemasonry really appreciate that because you're navigating through uncharted waters for our fraternity. And I think you're doing a terrific job. Thank you. I appreciate that. So this is kind of a cool question. Uh, Again, you and I both like history. And a lot of Freemasons tend to like history. Sure. And I always go back and, and read things from former people that I revered throughout history. And some of them Freemasons. Some of them just regular guys or women. Yeah. But say 200 years from now, there's a guy researching freemasonry and he stumbles across this podcast what is your message to him
0: wow (laughs) um join (laughs) you know you know i don't know if i that's a hell of an elevator speech i was not expecting that (laughs) question at all (laughs) jess rains was big on elevator speeches and what's your masonry and you know if he's researching it and looking for a pathway in, if that's what we're talking, am I guessing that's what you're meaning? He's looking to join, or he's just looking. Where where is he going with masonry? Is he trying to join yeah. it, or just seeing what it's about? Or what
1: do you want to say to him? It, because society is going to change, culture sure. is going to change. We don't change; our core always stays the same. Our our approach to yeah reaching out to men is will be the same. Right, but. The human condition tends to be the same throughout history. Men suffer from the same vices and problems no matter a 1,000 years ago or 200 years from now. Right. So I I guess my question is, what is your elevator speech? What do you want to say to him? Because you don't know what the culture or society is going to be 200 years from now. Sure. The climate.
0: I would tell him that... Freemasonry is one of the best things that has ever happened and that if he um, I would tell him that if Freemasonry has stood the test of time which I think it will his best bet is to find his local lodge and knock on that door because the pathways that'll open for him. And that's not a career thing. I mean, I've I've just completely got lucky in what has happened in my life that thing the stars have aligned. You you won't join Masonry and get a get a great job. And you know, I'm, I'm not saying you can't, but what Masonry will give you, the pathways and the connections that it opens are unparalleled and they're unparalleled because they're true. I have, I don't know, 4,000 friends on Facebook. How many of them do am I friends with? You know what I mean? That doesn't mean I don't like them. I'm friends with them because they're, I know them out of some way or another. But those people that I know that are Masons, other than my family, I know that those are good connections. Those are the those are the people that when things go wrong will be there
1: saying, no, this isn't right. That's it. The world is always in need of good men. Yes.
0: So hopefully that sells them. <laughs> if I did my best. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Well, that's my last question for you, Jim. Awesome. Unless you want to talk about more at that yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. I got <laughs> You know,
1: I I really
0: just take a step back cuz I know I I told this story about the football guys and you know how it's changed me being a, an adult, a coach, as a parent and and especially and it's and it's flipped because, you know, I know you expecting another girl. This, you know, and I have two boys, so that's that's a different thing, especially in a masonic thought you know um, to think about all the things that my grandfather wasn't able to show me and and he was from a different generation of masons, you know that he was definitely not a chest beating he had he had an emblem on his car, I do remember that. But that was it, and never talked about it. And whether or not my father was on board with it or not, he passed as, you know, it was that first year. You and I were going through York, right? I mean, I don't think I was in masonry a year before we joined York, right? Yep. Um, I remember it well. Yeah. That was in?
1: 2014.
0: Yeah, I was raised. I joined in 13, but I didn't. I wasn't raised till January of 14 because of Christmas and the Christmas party and installations and all of that. And then November, we were going through York, right? Yep. So I really, and at that point, my mother and father were going through a really nasty divorce. And I was on team mom for a while because, you know, I called dad, dad, but he was my stepdad. He'd, they were married 17 years and it was, my dad had passed away years and years before so that's where just he gets the dad card not stepdad um so we weren't on I don't want to say we weren't on good terms but that's just strife when that's going on and you know they're at each other so you can't oh yeah I was over at dad and then mom's like well why were you there you know blood's (laughs) thicker than water and you know that whole thing goes on and when I talk to dad he's griping about why mom left and it's like you know this isn't a great situation for either one of us right now um so i never got to ask his thoughts on why he wasn't a mason did he want to be a mason did he try to be a mason and they didn't get in i don't know you know so to pass that on to them the beliefs and the thoughts and being a good man and always keeping that in the, in the front of their mind. Whether or not they ever join, I would love them too. But if they're better men out of it because I'm a better man from it, then it's served its purpose for my children.
1: So, Okay, here's a random question. Yeah, shoot. Why do bagpipes have the ability to hit you emotionally so hard that yeah, you, you either want to smack somebody in the head with a hammer or hug them? So... Scotland the Brave gets
0: me friggin' hype. Like, I mean, like, I'm a whistler. Number one, I can't play an instrument for shit. I can whistle like a son of a bitch. And, and my oldest whistles, and I didn't realize, this is completely off topic, when I was delivering, when I was delivering furniture, I was working with Evan. You know Evan. Yes. He, worked, yeah. he came out, and he's like, damn it, stop whistling. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't realize I was upsetting him. Sure. He's like, I know where you are at every point in the day. <laughs> He's like, you're in the house and you're whistling. You're walking in the truck and you're whistling. You're, you're delivering furniture and you're whistling. I know where you're at. So I'm like, oh, you know, kind of open my eyes. Like, all right. And then after that, you go, I'm, I start to whistle something I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> you know, my son, Jack oh my god he whistles so much and it's like shut up I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> you know and and I know he just loves it but now I, I get why Evan was so upset <laughs> you know but um, when those come on especially that one man it just I'm ready to run through a wall man sure. I don't know what it is but then on the flip side you know like Amazing Grace just I, like, I'm, I just welled up right now and it's it's a plethora of you know they played it at dad's funeral and they played it right when they do the last call because he was a fireman and you you know your dad's a fireman your brother's a fireman you know sure you know you i'm sure you've been your policeman so you know that serviceman Mm -hmm. and it just it's an immediate and it's i don't know what it is. Del, I'm going to have to ask Del Braun. He was on here. He's a he bag He would be bagger, the guy to ask, you know. There has to be a scientific reason because it's and to be honest, it's such a weird instrument. Cuz uh-huh. you hear the thing, you hear the drum, and then yeah. it you know, <laughs> then it starts firing up yeah. and it's such a goofy. It isn't like a trombone or a trumpet or something. It's just like a bag and you know, it's all yeah, kinds of Yeah, it's actually weird. a sheep's gut that they yeah, it, it's formed
1: into an instrument of warfare.
0: Yeah, and Talk about just hitting all the levels. I mean, you know, whoever whoever thought that up, man, kudos to them. Kudos uh, to that person. I never got moved like that with a saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny G's pretty good, but man, he ain't that good. Well, you don't know how to do jazz hands. <laughs> that well, you know. <laughs> but you know, that's uh that's a good that's a good thought. I never the,
1: the only other instrument that's hit me like that. Sometimes a fiddle can can do that, but really the Man. the bagpipes are the only thing that I I like.
0: I like that the versatility of a violin because you can have one of the most beautiful. It almost sounds like the song is dancing, like a, you know a ballet dancer the way they're playing it and flowing and graceful. And then, man, you can just turn up into that fiddle, and it just is, it, it's just as—it's amazing. It's two different instruments in one. Mm-hmm. Like that's really a—I've—I've I've toyed with trying to <laughs> trying to. I've bit on a couple of violins just to try my hand, and I know it would sound like a goon, but <laughs> just because it's such
1: a wild, a wild instrument, I love it. it I think it's interesting, it, and I have zero musical talent. I, I do have a a lap dulcimer that I play, uh, and I'm not good. But the violin or the fiddle, they don't have frets, so it, you just have to learn it. Yeah, you kind of get. The it's sound not like of you it. can mm. sit there and read a book and yeah, put your it, fingers on the fret and. Yeah, that's something just you go. just have to learn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild, wild. What? And this is kind of. You know, posted a picture last night. Barry got elected as director of the Youngstown Shrine Club. Yes. And this is something that, you know, once you were a worshipable master in uh, 2017. Correct. You know, were you LEO for Wade? I knew you were LEO my year in 19. I asked you.
1: I, I can't my- remember for sure, but I believe that I was. Okay. So
0: you were kind of right back in the lodge. Yeah. And then you stepped away from lodge. You're, you know, your business has taken off and building the house and the family and all of that. Completely understandable, which, you know, the light in these Palestinians is a little dimmer when you're not here. But it's exciting to see you being active in the shrine. And, and that's something that we talked about. And you said this is kind of, you know, I talked to Greg Greg Berbick a little bit, and this is really what I want to do and you're a director at the Shrine Club and uh, Jack and Barry just join and Barry's in there so what what has uh, inspired that I don't want to say change because all of the appendant bodies do great work and great you know humanitarian things with different different things all over but what was the what was the draw because I don't think it was just drinking We can do that anywhere. (laughs) Sure. You know? So what was the draw to say, you know what? I really kind of want to be a little more active in the shrine. Because you were Blue Lodge hard for like 10 years. Yes.
1: And and I still thoroughly enjoy Blue Lodge. And we are very fortunate in East Palestine to have a progressive line where we have people lining up typically to join the line. Yeah. So – Even if you really enjoy your own lodge, once you have completed your year in the East, you need to get out of the way. I mean, that's just the right thing to do. It would be selfish to try and hang around, uh, and there are plenty holes to fill to help people in supportive roles. Uh, But as you said, my wife and I had a lot of things going on, Sure. and uh, out of necessity, I stepped away for a little bit just for my personal life. Right. And I I truly missed being here. Um, but as far as the shrine, uh, the innocence of children is what drew me to that. Okay. Um, you can directly impact the, a, a child's life in a positive way just by helping out in sure. the shrine. Uh, whether it's by being a director... Being a driver, in some way, you are helping a child's life become better. Immediately, immediately, sure. And uh, children are special, and yeah, I I really enjoy just helping generally. Yeah. Um, the shrine is a special place, it, and guys, Blue Lodge is. Very formal for the most part. When we're in Lodge. Sure. You know, when we get out of Lodge, we, we yeah. have fun as guys. Right. But the atmosphere is a lot more relaxed. It's something that fits my schedule a little better with my personal life right now. Sure. Um, but that's what drew me to it. Just wanting to help children.
0: You know, the the feeling of stepping back or moving out of the way... It's, and I don't usually share a lot of what's going on in my head right now. You know, it's usually what's happening, what's happened, or different stories or connections. I feel that way a little bit right now, and, and it's Jack Barnhouse. If you're listening, this is not because you're master. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not anybody in the line, but there is a certain time when you have to step back. And, and, you know, part of that is, you know, when you come out of the East, you're just moving into your... Yes, you're still Worshipful, Brother Hall, Corsana, whatever. But I'm not the master. They may still ask our advice because we're past masters in different situations, but it's the sort of thing with what's going on in the district and all of that. I would never want... my prerogative to be pushed into the line because the the joys of what Freemasonry has given me is being loud and expressing my thoughts. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> that can override other people that aren't as loud and, you know, as passionate. So I I always walk a very tight line and... I'm looking to back off even more, still being there in a support, still being here because luckily my schedule does allow me to be two blocks away and I work at home so I can make it, but always very cautious and very worried that where my thoughts and dreams and hopes are for where I'd like the lodge to go doesn't interfere with Jack and Ben and Gary and all of the other guys, I'm very leery of that and always trying to step back even though they would enjoy me talking about what's going on in the state and the different connections. it's I feel that pull a lot more of I need to even pull back more to let, you know, if you don't let the sun in, the flowers don't grow, you know. So that's just my own thought. It, it was wild thinking of that Last night I was installing, I wasn't installing, excuse me. I was uh, the installing marshal last night, which you've been my marshal for. Um,
1: yeah, last year when you got installed as DEO. As DEO, yeah. Yes. You,
0: were, you were my, and, you know, it was to do that and to see Jack come from the one-day class and kind of quiet to just, it was it was so amazing to watch him, to see him grow. And the same with Benny and Gary and all of those guys, but at the same token to kind of look at that hindsight a little more and say, I don't want my thoughts and actions to pollute right East Pal it's not Jim Hall Lodge four seventeen. Yeah. It's East Palestine Lodge and it's and I I would hate that one of the biggest fears I have is to be the past master that shakes the change and uh-huh. you know what i mean i don't ever want to turn into that as long as i can be here in a helpful, and that's
1: a very easy thing to do yeah and a lot of people do and i think they don't realize it and it's it's well intended sure but they don't realize that they're that guy
0: and that's you know i always want to be here in a support role as a mentor and a guide and you know whatever they ask of me but because i'm just so damn loud and it breeze like you just don't care you just say what you say i'm like <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I wouldn't want the guy sitting in the East, whoever that may be, to think I can't have my own year because Jim's pushing his ideals on it.
1: I I think that's just part of being a guy. You want to see your lodge succeed, and sometimes you want to see it succeed vicariously through yourself. And in my years, Master... The worst realization I had was that I was finally figuring it out right at the end. Yeah. And a little history. I was brought up, my mother and father. My father is a former Marine, worshipful brother, Tom Corsana from Nagley Lodge. Sure. So I have a very, I guess, Marine Corps or military approach to leadership. That's how I was sure. brought up. So during my year, it was all about. Let's lead by example. Yeah. Let's motivate. Let's inspire. And throughout the year, I'm trying to evaluate, am I motivating my guys? Am I inspiring my guys? How are they doing? Are they keeping pace? In your last meeting or two, it hits you. I've just about got it figured out. This guy's good at this. This guy's good at that. All the pieces are fitting together. We are a very effective team. Sure. And then elections happen, and you're out. Yeah. And then you have that realization that, I had a really good thing going. Now it's the next guy's turn. But that's just how it goes.
0: You know, to, to go back to that and working together as a team, and this isn't this is an, every year that we've, that I've been in Lodge from when I've been raised in Mason on, we have had really, really strong officers, line officers. And that, that's something that Palestine prides himself on, and I'm glad that we do. But it was cool last night, um, Worshipful Brother Jack Barnhouse got installed, and his boss, Brother Jim Nolfe, and uh, work associate, uh, Wright Worshipful Brother Dave Collins, yeah. you know they, they worked together, and they kind of got him into masonry. And Wright Worshipful Brother Collins is a member of Negley Lodge, he's a past grand chaplain. He was grand chapel for kevin todd in 2012 so he's been across the state seen hundreds and hundreds of lodges and jack gave him an honorary membership to his palestine lodge and you know he always said he's like i'm always i'm a member here even though i'm not a member and jack just said he's like he's a member here and now he will be a member (laughs) but you know he said and th- this isn't being big headed towards any of the other lodges because there are lodges that are doing different and better things than Palestine does this but just from our you know perspective he said you know i'm so proud to be part of one of the strongest lodges in the area and he's like maybe even the state yep and i i harken back to
1: your inspection. I was just going to bring that up, but I didn't want to sound and, braggadocious. So. Well,
0: and, and that's where the tie together was you know, you talking about being such a great team and just in tune and, you know, working together. And I was sitting in the South, and I'm staring right at the chair because he was two seats beside me. And at that point, him and Jim Feast were, I think, that meeting. That was their 417th because – or maybe it was Jim Feast. I don't remember. As our lodge number is 417. That was the amount of inspections he'd been at consecutively. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Like, I tried to make it to 23 or 24 my master year, and I made it to, I think, 17, and that was like –
1: And it's a challenge. At the end, like, you know,
0: I'm just like, that's (laughs) over. Thank God. (laughs) And, you know, he did it for decades, you know, just – really grinding but Dave both of them were head-to-head back and forth you know like one of them like was in the hospital at one point during the day and still made it to the (laughs) inspection like that's how intense (laughs) they were dedicated yeah and you know Dave leaned over and said he's like I haven't seen this degree that we were doing this good in 10 years and those words from him carried so much weight because, you know, and anybody, and this isn't meaning that their praise isn't worthy, but everybody's going to say, you know, you did really good. And we did. We really knocked out of the park that night. You know, you had a great, great degree. you know But Dave knows what it takes to put that whole thing together, knows all the parts in it. You have to know everything to understand that it, if it was good or not, because if right. you don't know the lecture, then you're just nodding your head like, oh, that sounded good to mm-hmm. me, you know. So to hear that and then to hear him last night say that and just, you know, go back to where you're talking about how by the end, you know, we we had a lot of practices and there was that expectation of, you know, I don't want to let you're, – you're doing what you're doing up there. And, I mean, you did – you like a one-man show that night. You did the lecture. Barry did the charge. He didn't get to do the charge. Did you do the G lecture as well, or did you have Bob I did not. Bachelor?
1: No, I think I think Bob did the G lecture but that night.
0: to be the master and to do the lecture, that's a big deal. And on inspection night, you know, on top of bringing everybody in and getting all of that decorum right, you know. So, you know, that really n- nails it on the head of how – well oiled that machine was at the time.
1: I, I thought that was one of the best compliments we could get. Yeah, as as a collective lodge from him. Yeah, it's because crazy. he has seen so many degrees sure. put on by different lodges. So yeah, we really appreciated that.
0: It's you know it's hard you can't put that on a plaque somewhere or something. It's just something that lives in your heart and your that's memory. That's exactly right. And that's just one of those like I was just. And and even to this day, I'll say it. I was upset because I, you know, I'm sitting junior ward and I don't have a big part. <laughs> it, I wanted more. I just wanted to be part of it. Like, yeah, let me say something, you know. And I did my best to do the lines that I had. That's all I can do. You know, it's my station. But I was able to take in the majority of that because I don't have a big, big part. And just it's almost like when you when you watch a big game and your team's winning. And not that we weren't supposed to be good, you know, I don't want to. But you know, when you're the underdog and you think you're going to win and you're getting closer and you're, that nervous excitement of like, oh, don't don't be the guy, don't mess <laughs> up and it never happened. The ball never dropped and I know we're kind of bragging a little bit, but that to me that is that's a core memory, not to quote a Disney movie. But but it is. That's one of those like I, when I look back, that's a bright spot in in the chain of many bright spots of light that we get, you know. But it was cool to see how that all triangulated together. Do <laughs> you got anything else you want to go over?
1: Let's talk about how our friendship has developed. Okay. Because but, what year did you st- start working? <clears throat> I started working in,
0: holy shit. I know it was uh, April
1: 23rd. 2011? 2011. 2011
0: or 2012? 2013, August, August 2013 is when I got my petition read. Okay. So it was at least a year before that. Cause I know I worked at least a year, maybe a year and a half before we ended up riding together. Cause it was you and McLeod. Oh, yeah. 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 And and at that point, there wasn't a lot of like, we had cruise. people didn't switch up. Yeah. Crews and you just, yeah. you know.
1: And I'm sure many of you have heard through the different podcasts that Jim and I used to work together. Yeah. And uh, that's how our friendship started. Sure. But without Freemasonry, it most certainly would not be to the level that it is now. And, no. And Jim is a very good friend of mine, and uh, I credit Freemasonry for that. Yeah. Because that one day in the truck, I brought it up, and Jim took off with it. He was uh, sure very curious, and I— gave him the information that he needed to know 8 uh, hours of it <laughs> 8 hours yeah, of it it didn't i don't i don't know if you were
0: tired of me asking the questions but i knew i was asking everything i could come well, up with
1: like you have a platform now to communicate to people to to shed the light of freemasonry to the world Sure. that was my opportunity with you yeah and uh, it was a great day and uh, it was my pleasure to sit there and and give you the answers that you were looking for. Yeah. Uh, And for, for those of you who are not Freemasons, uh, the friendships that it will spawn, I mean, true friendships are amazing. And, um, I'm so happy for that. You and other brethren in here that, uh, I have such close relationships with. Yeah. That you just can't find that in other places. Uh, I have really good friends in church uh, to the same degree. Sure. But other than that, church in here is about the only place that you really find that really tight bond.
0: Yeah. You know, it was uh, actually the gentleman that was here yesterday. I told him that story of coming in because it was my day off. And I was pissed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know. Uh, Ed, you were Ed, stuck with me in West Virginia all day. Well, you day.
0: know, and Ed Tobacco, God rest his soul, he calls me on Thursday. My day off was Friday. He's like, hey, what do you think about coming in on your day off? And I'm like, I don't want to. Because <laughs> I was like, no. And I, he's like, and you know how Ed was. Mm. Like, it w- was not getting off the phone yet. Right. And, and I thought about it for a second. I'm like, in reality, what am I going to do other than – lay around I'm not going to mm-hmm. do anything I'll, I'll come in and make a couple you know, bucks yeah make a couple bucks and maybe my Saturday load won't be as bad because I helped everyone <laughs> out you know, <laughs> you know that kind of bartering <laughs> in my head and you know at that point even though we had worked together probably about a year I can't remember the timeline exactly I don't want to say we weren't friends but the way the delivery teams worked you had the driver and your helper and that's who you were with 4 days out of the week and you had one day where the other guy was off right and you would have another guy like you knew who you were going to be and with that and that alternate
1: more. guy was typically set
0: yeah so yeah. and I never rode with you we never the the majority of i mean really the only time we had a long conversation was you telling me about Nick losing his nipple. Yeah. And that was, you know, everybody got back one day. It was a slow day, and we are just sitting around. Well, how we didn't get told to go home, I don't know. But we are just sitting there, and that story came out. Like, you never heard the tale of One Nipple Nick? <laughs> and,
1: Which is world famous now. Oh, yeah. You know. One Nipple Nick is.
0: and you, I love when you see pictures, young pictures, and other people will circle. And be like, <laughs> see, look at it. <laughs> Let the one nipple breathe.
1: He's going to murder me in my sleep, I'm sure. I don't think he appreciates it.
0: Well, you know what? That's what brothers are for. <laughs> That's what brothers are for, yeah. But, um, you know, we rode together, and it was I, – I mean, I can remember right off the bat, you know. Try, you know, you try to get that, you know, well, what are you into? You know, you do sports? and No, well, not really. I you kind of root for the Steelers. I'm like, okay, well, I, I love sports, so – you know put a line through that and continue on and we found tombstone which that was a
1: a that turned out to be a great connection yeah
0: Yeah. and for anyone that doesn't hasn't watched tombstone turn this podcast past off and go watch it right now yes you know it'll change your life for the better um but then you brought up known rube ginder i'm like oh yeah i wrote i've known rube for 20 years you know he's been at the yeah at football games. He's in town all the time. He's been a school board member. He was a school board member like 20 years. He's like, I see him at the lodge. I'm like, you go to the moose? <laughs> I don't, I never see him at the moose. Uh, I never see you at the moose. And you're like, you the Masonic Lodge. And, and that was it. I don't remember anything else after that other than just talking about lodge all day long and asking for a petition. Yep. And, you know, I mean. Through that that's you know that's ten years of you know going through York right and you know we I lost my dad and you lost your aunt. yes, and you know we kind of lean on each other then, and you know your struggles, you know with the kids and getting to where you are and uh, just life in general and you know work working at Sheely's and then you know always that that's one of the great things I think in Masonry is the strive for more and not in a sense of I need more money or I want more than you but a lot of Masons you find that are passionate Masons are constantly striving to get to a better place and I and this is no shade on Sheely's because they employed me for over eight years and did very well by my family. You right. know, there were a lot of times that if I didn't have that, you know, we would have been in a bad place. But, you know, we constantly, you know, we're talking about your business and different moves and what to do. And
1: Well, that's and, something we need to highlight too. I, I want to come back to that. So.
0: You know, that's, but that was, you know, there were a lot of moments where you and I would spend on the dock when you were doing, you know, your job and I would moved off of the truck and just talking about life and about different plans and different you know because you you have to have a plan you have to have a, some sort of a plan whether it's gonna be a hundred percent laid out but a basic idea of where are you going and you know that's really have changed from just working together to a brother to a confidant to somebody that I know. I don't know what's going to be said and when I answer the phone because you know we do ball bust all the time, <laughs> you know. But I I look forward to those calls, and I'm ex- I was excited tonight. I I was excited to see you at Lodge because you know I know your job is turbulent with you know, and it's getting colder, so that kind of, and and the kids, you know, and you got the yeah. the young one on on the way, but you know.
1: Well, All of our conversations have not been good. No, not at all. Some of our conversations have been uh, turbulent. And uh, at different times, we probably should have put each other in a straitjacket and sent somebody to the hospital, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm joking by saying that. No, but but yeah. You go through rough times in your life, and you lean on your brethren. And, you know, to back the story up, I tend to take on a lot in my personal life. I don't know, it's just maybe a character flaw or just my drive to to succeed and do well. But at the time when Jim was going through uh, early on in his Masonic journey and going through York, right, uh, my wife and I were getting married. We were building a new home. And when I say building a new home, her and I and some family <laughs> members, we we physically built it. In fact, Jim I'm, has some videos. He came over yeah, and helped I, us I put, put some a, walls up I on put the up second a story. Wall. I don't Turns like out heights. he's really afraid of heights. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I he was there. He did he, my due diligence. He got through it. <laughs> uh, but yep, yeah, got married. I worked full time for a company that Jim and I worked together yeah, at. Yeah. I owned my own business that I was running. Uh, on top time, of that, yeah. so there were a lot of eighty and ninety hour weeks. Sure. Working. On top of that, we were building a home. Mm -hmm. My wife and I were trying to start a family. We ended up finding out that we had some fertility issues and struggled with that for many years. And uh, thank God, we ended up having our first baby girl, July 11th of 2020, in the middle of a pandemic. Sure. Um, But there were plenty of times in the middle of all of that craziness that I had to just vent and talk and needed counsel and Jim you were always there you know a lot of times I come to you man I don't know what to do I'm losing my mind here you know
0: I you know what there is one one in particular and we were going through York right and for anyone that has it was like you know was it five or six weeks of two or three nights a week you know it's kind of a hectic thing to get through it's a great journey you know you definitely should do it and the things you learn when you're sitting in Blue Lodge from going through chapter council commandery, you know, it's a pretty cool turnaround when you get back. But I know I picked you up at your house and I was still driving the PT, PT cruiser. cruiser yeah, the backup beeper. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Unbelievable. Made it past there. But, uh, you know, from your house to Youngstown, I didn't even talk. you just, just hit me with everything and you know as we were pulling in you're just like hey sorry I just needed to vent to somebody and I couldn't you know my wife doesn't understand you know what we were going through with some you know other different things and and I was in sort of the middle of some of that stuff to to an extent not that I was the antagonist but I knew how the wheels worked on all that situation so you know it wasn't a I was whispering wise counsel. Even it was just, I need somebody that understands what the hell I'm going through, that I can just get this off my chest. And you know, I maybe it was because we were in that little tin can driving <laughs> up to <the> Youngstown, <laughs> but I, I can remember yeah. that you know plain as day. And I I've done the same thing, just different, you know, different ways that I I act in lodge or do things in lodge, and I, you know. You know, I did more than once called him and be like, hey, did what I do, was that too far? Was that inappropriate? You know, because sometimes I let my mouth overload my ass, you know, (laughs) just because I I am loud and talker and, and sometimes I like to make jokes and maybe when you're in the East, I don't know if that's as appropriate, but, you know, (laughs) but I did it because that's just my character and, you know, there are more times than not, I call him like, hey, is this too far in left field? You know, what, you know, you just need the, you need people to center yourself. Right. And I'm glad that for you, you need
1: people that you trust. Yeah. to Center. yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And that was, and you know, how many, you know, what was it? It wasn't more than a couple of weeks ago. Talked about a dog, you know, and you know, with the baby and, mm-hmm. the, and it just, Sometimes you just need somebody to spitball your thoughts off of. The, I do it all, you know, I love my wife, but she doesn't want to hear my advice all the time. And vice versa, <laughs> it's like, I already know what she's going to say. When you live with somebody like 17 years Yes, like, yeah. I can already respond for you. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I just need somebody else's perspective just to get myself focused. And normally the the path is the one I'm going to take anyhow. I just need reassurance that this is, the correct thing or you know you need to get all that other stuff out of the way um and and the exciting thing you know is the future of it all and where it goes from here you know there's so many so many more paths that we've yet to take and, and it's exciting it's uh and the things that we've been through one one of my most um Special memories in masonry. Um I got installed as a DEO, and you were my installing marshal. And I didn't tell you had to do proclamation that night until, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you dropped know, right, that on me. Right before, which you <laughs> did fine. But the really cool thing was right after I was installed, uh right, Worship Brother Jim Cardling did the installation, and... Uh, John Martin came, which was unbelievable as he's had some, his family's had some health issues and he's really stepped back the last three years, but Car- Jim Cardling had everybody stand and everybody that was not Mason's, it was time to leave anyhow. Mm-hmm. So he sent them to, for cake and then we closed the door and he did grand honors. And right as he did grand honors, you were right behind me. I just hear you say. Hell yeah! <laughs> and, and that that moment, it's it's just one of those things that I'm thinking that too. I can't say that because I have to, mm. you know, be appropriate and whatever. But you just voiced the thought, and it was cool to have that experience. There. Well, I
1: had a little slip up. I I was really excited for you and very proud of you, and it just manifested. Well, now, and it came out as a hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was appropriate. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it it just fit the bill. Yeah. It fit the bill for that. So, uh, you know, that was that was that was something special. And I and I look forward to so many more journeys. And and with everybody, there's so many. And you know, how many connections have you made that are in your life, not just myself, through Freemasonry? Oh, it, exponential. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they and they, they continue cyclical. You know, you may not be involved with them all the time, and then all of a sudden, you know, you may have something where you're doing something with Jim Cardling a lot for a while, or, you know, and that bond, even though you're not together, the bond is still there.
1: Well, the network of people that I trust in the world grows. Because the world sure. is not full of good people, believe it or not. <laughs> what? And uh, the Internet says especially when you're in business. Sure, uh, sure. You just have to be cautious. Yeah. But in Freemasonry, you automatically have a large family of people you trust. And the more you get out there and the more you travel, the more you network, you just have a huge network of people that you can rely on. Yeah. Um, Not so much for business, but just people you can rely on in general in life. Yeah. Which is a very big deal. Yeah.
0: The gentleman I spoke to yesterday, he's. Said, you know, sort of that same, well, how, what does it change about you? What is it? I'm like, nothing and everything. (laughs) And I'm like, it's all there. It's all in you. You know, you have the ability to go one way or the other.
1: Your core was there. It just continues to sharpen you.
0: And I'm like, but the key with this, if you immerse yourself in it, is when you walk down the road, Let's say you and I walk down the road. We have to stop and converse just as men, not as Masons. We don't know we're Masons. I may, you know, talk for two, three, five minutes, whatever we need to talk about. You know, that guy sounded like a good guy, you know, on about my day, and that's it. If I walk down that road and I see that you have a Masonic ring on, whatever trips the trigger before you and i speak i already know that we have went through the same vetting process as george washington as all of those guys have went through and there is a layer of brothership and fellowship that we have and we've never spoken a word together right and that's why people ask why why is it such that's why because i don't i can walk into a lodge in Toledo never been in before my life and we and in fact um Ben Barnes Jack Barnhouse, and myself when we went to Philadelphia we went to Williams Corinthian Williams Corinthian Lodge and I don't remember the number but we contacted their secretary and said oh yeah this is when we're meeting yeah come come we'll let them know and you would have thought that we were you know Grand delegates, or you know the way <laughs> the way we were treated. And it was, you know, we sat down and talked, and and we had a very busy schedule the next morning. They offered, come out for drinks. It's on us, you know. And it, it's not for a drink, you know. It's not the oh, they offered us a drink. They're good guys. It was the exact same fellowship that you and I get when we come in here and just get that block out, all that other junk, and we're completely on the other side of another state with guys we've never met, never talked to, never seen their face and enjoyed that same thing. Yes. That's what it's about.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: And with that, Ryan, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming on the season two wrap up. Now we don't do anything really big other than say it's a wrap up so I can do this <laughs> kind of show, but I want to thank you. Thank you for taking the time to write your questions and really put me through the ringer because <laughs> You got me on a couple of them, so thank you for coming on the show, and thank you for
1: your friendship. Thank you, Jim, for having me. It was my pleasure, and it was a lot of fun, and I am so excited that this podcast is doing so well and touching so many people out in the world, and uh, I, I genuinely appreciate your friendship also. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you to all of you for listening, and
0: we'll see you again.